Okay, before we jump into the actual Q&A episode this week, I want to share something with you. A question that I get asked often is, Shannon, what helped you the most to recover? And because this isn't really a question that I can answer in just a few sentences, I figured why not host a free class and teach you some of the things that helped me the most to recover? So on September 12th and September 14th, I'll be hosting a free live class where I'll be teaching you five of the things that helped me the most to overcome anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. And these five things helped me tremendously to get unstuck, to keep moving forward, to experience a lot less anxiety and panic, and they made my journey a lot less hard and a lot less long. And in addition to the class, I'll also be doing a Q&A. So if you're like, yes, Shannon, I want in, simply head to the link in the show notes to register. And if you can't make any of the live sessions, still be sure to register so that you can get a replay email to you. All right, I hope to see you there. We often make the recovery journey harder and we set ourselves up for failure when we request that things look like this. I wanna be able to do X without anxiety being present. I need to heal by X because say I have a big trip planned or I need to heal before I do X. I get it. You don't wanna struggle with anxiety anymore. You want it to go away so that you can live your life. But what would happen if you started living your life while allowing anxiety to come along for the ride, allowing it to just be there? What if you didn't put additional pressure on yourself and make yourself feel like you have to heal by your particular time frame? And what if you just did the thing before you were healed? Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. All right, welcome to one of my favorite episodes, a Q&A. And I'm so excited for this one because a few weeks back, I sent out a survey to everyone on my email list and I asked you what questions you have for me relating to your recovery. And I got so many good questions. So in this episode, I'm going to answer 10 of your questions and then I'll do another Q&A episode soon so that I can answer more. And I got hundreds of questions, so if you don't hear your question answered here, I may answer it in a reel or a post or in one of my weekly emails. And if you aren't on my weekly email list, I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can jump on it. You really don't want to miss these. Every week, I send you tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And I promise, I never send junk. All right, let's dive into your questions. So number one, and it's a question that I get asked a lot, how do I control my thoughts? And I think it's first helpful to understand why you're wanting to control your thoughts. You may think, if I can control my thoughts, I won't feel anxious. And it's pretty basic, right? We want and we think that we need to be able to control our thoughts so that we can feel and be safe. And when you're struggling with an anxiety disorder in general, you typically seek control often in an attempt to feel safe. 
but seeking control is actually what's causing you to feel lots of anxiety. So here's my simple answer to how do I control my thoughts. You can't control your thoughts and you don't need to. And trying to control your thoughts is only going to lead to more anxiety, more symptoms, more panic, and more fear. Your thoughts can't be controlled and they can't be stopped and they don't need to be. What you really need to focus on is having a healthy response to your thoughts when they pop up, which instead of trying to control them means practice letting them in. This means practicing acknowledging them and practicing allowing them in by sitting with the sensations, symptoms, and discomfort that may accompany them. And it means practicing not trying to fight or stop them. The reality is you're making things so much harder by always seeking out control. When you actually start practicing acknowledging and accepting and allowing, which are huge pillars of what I teach in my 10-week live program, Panic to Peace, you actually start experiencing less anxious thoughts and feelings and more peace. Remember, control doesn't equal safety. You don't need control in order to be safe. Things can be out of your control and things can be uncertain and you can still be safe. Okay, number two, and this is another question that I get asked a lot. What if I'm different, Shannon? What if I won't recover? Or what if I'm not capable of recovering? Or sometimes people will very bluntly say to me, Shannon, I'm different. I'm special. I just don't think it's possible for me to recover. I've been struggling for too long or too much has happened or I'm too far gone. And you know what I say to all of this? You're scared and it's okay to be scared. You're scared that you won't recover. You're scared that you're going to spend the rest of your life struggling with anxiety and you're probably really frustrated and angry about it. And you feel all these things because you're human and you're experiencing something really hard. It's okay to feel all these things, but you have to feel these things and keep telling yourself that you're going to keep choosing to heal because you deserve to heal and overcome. You deserve to live a beautiful life that is full of peace, joy, freedom, and adventure. And just because you can't see that it's all possible for you right now, doesn't mean that it's not possible. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And there were so many times that I truly believed that I was destined to live a life of anxiety, panic, and fear. But I wasn't. I was wrong. I'm now living an amazing life that I truly thought was never possible for me. But it's not just a possibility for me. So a few months ago, I had 20 students go through my Panic to Peace program. And guess what? One of them struggled with panic disorder and agoraphobia for 16 years and couldn't travel. She found it so hard to be on trains and ride in cars and drive. And since finishing the course... She's traveled to several different places by train and by car, and she's been far from home, which used to be really hard for her. And all these things honestly used to be unthinkable. And it's so amazing because she'll message me every now and then and say, Shannon, I'm doing it again. I can't believe I'm doing it. How is this possible? Like she still can't believe it, even though she's living it. And Another student who had lived with agoraphobia for over 20 years and had a really hard time just walking into a field next to her house just went on a hike with her family where she hiked 
two hours from the road where they had parked. And another student who struggled with panic and agoraphobia for years and was scared to leave her house at the beginning of the year. She's since gone out with her husband and her kids for ice cream. She went to a big charity dinner with her husband and she went on a work outing and she started to travel. And I could go on and on and share these stories with you, but I think you get the idea. Recovery is possible for you. You just got to keep taking the healthy steps that will make it happen. And you have to have some blind faith that it's all possible. All right, number three, will I ever go back to quote normal? I love this question because I have a super simple answer to it. But you aren't working to recover in order to go back. You can't go back and you don't want to go back. Life is not going to go back to how it used to be before you began struggling because it's not meant to. You're meant for more. You're meant to be more than you were yesterday and the day before and years before. And there is so much for you right here and right now, even while you're struggling. Keep focusing on taking the healthy action today and allowing yourself to live right now in the present moment. And soon you'll be doing all of the things you used to do and even more. Okay, number four, and this is a big one. Why isn't exposure working? So there's lots of reasons why exposure isn't, you know, quote, working. Let me give you some insights. So sometimes we think that exposure isn't working because things feel harder when doing exposures. And the truth is, things will feel harder when you're doing exposures and when you're facing your fears. Things are supposed to feel harder. So it might be as simple as you're convincing yourself that exposure therapy isn't working when it actually is. But there are actual reasons why exposure might not be working. So here are some of the reasons. Number one, you're facing the hard stuff and the stuff that causes you fear, but you aren't responding to your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, and panic in a healthy way. You may be avoiding them, fighting them, running from them, or allowing yourself to ruminate. Number two, you're still practicing safety behaviors that are reinforcing the anxiety, and sometimes you might not even be aware that you're practicing them. Three, you aren't being consistent with exposure work. Four, you aren't actually pushing yourself, and you're still avoiding or trying to make things easier on yourself. Okay, and there's more, but I want to share something really important with you because I think this is often where people get stuck. It's not all about exposure work. People put so much emphasis on exposure work, but there's so much more to recovery than just doing exposures. And some of this stuff is stuff that you need before doing exposure work. And a lot of this stuff is what I dive into in Panic to Peace. Plus, we make a plan for facing your fears, and I make sure you know how to tackle all of this in a healthy way, and that you have the tools to tackle all of this before you actually start doing this hard work. Okay, this is a good segue into the next one. <laughs> Number five, how do I stop making a plan B? And I love this question. And again, it's important to remember why you're creating a plan B. You're mapping out exit strategies and actually physically looking for exits and thinking of excuses that will help you to bail from something. 
because you're scared and you're wanting to create safety. But the safety is in not telling your brain that you need a plan B. Because if your brain thinks that you need a plan B, it means that whatever is happening in the current moment is dangerous and unsafe, which just isn't true. And your brain's going to try to protect you at every turn. So when you catch yourself looking for exits or planning escapes or making up excuses or leaning on safety behaviors and so on, pause and tell yourself, I see what we're doing here and we aren't going there. Remember, you can't stop the thoughts from coming, but you have control of whether or not you plan and solve and ruminate. Okay, number six, why does panic seem to come out of nowhere? And it really does feel like sometimes it comes out of the middle of nowhere, right? The thing is, panic typically doesn't come out of the middle of nowhere. Panic typically happens because of a buildup of stress or because of how you're responding to the sensations, symptoms, and thoughts, or because something happened and your brain associated that something with danger or with feeling anxious. And so it sounds the alarms, which often feels like it was none of your doing. So I always say it's so important not to get caught up in the why. Why did the panic happen? What caused it? What did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? Going down these rabbit holes of analyzing, trying to figure things out, trying to find meaning in things, and beating yourself up is only going to cause more anxiety and panic. Yes, you want to be mindful of your choices, habits, and how you're responding to anxiety, But you don't need to figure out why a panic attack happened in order to work through it in a healthy way and to prevent it from happening again. A big thing that will prevent it from happening again is to respond to it in a healthy way and get on with your life and keep living and keep taking healthy action. Okay, number seven, is there a way to heal forever? (laughs) My simple answer to this is, how about just focusing on healing right now? We often make the recovery journey harder and we set ourselves up for failure when we request that things look like this. I want to be able to do X without anxiety being present. I need to heal by X because say I have a big trip planned or I need to heal before I do X. I get it. You don't want to struggle with anxiety anymore. You want it to go away so that you can live your life. But What would happen if you started living your life while allowing anxiety to come along for the ride, allowing it to just be there? What if you didn't put additional pressure on yourself and make yourself feel like you have to heal by a particular time frame? And what if you just did the thing before you were healed? You already know this, but I'm going to reinforce it here. Anxiety is an emotion and it's not going to go away forever. Your only job is to respond to it in a healthy way and create a healthy relationship with it. This will stop it from showing up so much. And when it does, it won't lead to the symptoms, panic, and fears like it's currently doing. But you have to allow it to be there while you're living and while you're working to recover. All right, number eight, and I love this one. (laughs) How do I get rid of all the symptoms? So have you ever noticed how I don't teach what to do when you're experiencing a particular symptom? Like, here's what to do when you're experiencing dizziness, and here's what to do when you're experiencing a racing heart, and here's what to do when you're experiencing DPDR, and the list goes on. 
This is because for the most part, it's all the same because it's all anxiety. You don't do something for one symptom and something different for another and for another. If this were the case, how would you ever even remember what to do when you're experiencing a particular symptom? Anyway, I know that you want to get rid of all of the symptoms, and there's probably even one in particular that you really want to get rid of. But the more you focus on getting rid of a particular symptom, the more it's going to hang around. It's the same with your thoughts, right? Stop focusing on getting rid of them and start focusing on having a healthy response to them. And this is what will help them to stop showing up. Number nine, this person shares, I have had glimpses of a feeling of unimportance towards my anxiety and the symptoms, but they were like fleeting moments. I wish I could make that a state of mind. How can I be more consistent with feeling discomfort and not fearing its return? So first of all, I am so freaking proud of you for acknowledging that you're capable of letting anxiety and the symptoms be there without it derailing you or leading to more anxiety. We are all capable of this. It just takes lots of practice. And yes, the end goal is to make this your state of mind, right? To not be scared of anxiety, the symptoms, and panic, and to not be derailed by them. And what will help you to get there is by continuing to put yourself in situations and places that you know will likely lead to the discomfort and allowing yourself to lean into it rather than avoiding running or fighting. This can look like saying to yourself, I can feel this and still do blank. I can feel this and still continue on with what I was doing. Or, oh hey anxiety, I see you. We've been here so many times before and I've always worked through this. Is that all you got? Let's do this. And I just want to say, when you find that you're scared because the discomfort shows up, the anxiety, the symptoms, whatever, it gets worse, it's okay. Sometimes your tolerance will go down because of stress or because of other things. Be gentle with yourself. Being scared doesn't equal failure. Failure is never allowing yourself to face it in the first place. Okay, the last one, number 10. How can I get past the shame and embarrassment I feel about toilet anxiety? And really, you could fill in the blank here with whatever it is that you feel shame and embarrassment about. Maybe for you, it's driving anxiety, or the fact that it's hard for you to be home alone, or the fact that it's hard for you to be away from home, or it's the fact that you struggle with panic attacks. So shame and embarrassment get so much of its power from not being spoken. There was so much about my journey that I hid for so long. I hid the fact that I struggled with toilet anxiety, driving anxiety, and being far from home, and the list goes on for years. And for instance, toilet anxiety, well, that's something that I hid from even my mom for years, who is my safe person and the person I've always been closest to. And I also hid this from my husband. And if I could go back, I would have practiced being vulnerable a whole heck of a lot more and sooner. Being vulnerable and actually sharing what you're struggling with not only allows you to be supported, but it also helps to release the power that shame is having over you. Because when you tell shame, nope, you're not welcome here. I'm going to speak this out loud and you can be on your way now. It gets the message loud and clear and you actually feel a sense of relief afterwards. I think that vulnerability is a big key in the recovery journey. 
Because the truth is, yeah, some of the stuff you're struggling with is a little outlandish and embarrassing and silly, but it doesn't make your struggles any less valid. And there's sure as heck nothing wrong with you. You aren't weird or broken or incapable of being loved and supported because of these things. And these things especially don't define you. I truly feel like if we all practice being vulnerable just a little bit more and allowed ourselves to show up just as we are, the world would be a much more peaceful and happy place. So yeah, is being vulnerable hard? Of course it is. But it's so worth it. You are so incredibly worth it. All right, I hope that you found this little Q&A helpful. And like I said, I'll do another one of these soon because I love answering your questions and helping you to see and believe that the recovery journey doesn't have to be so stinking hard and complicated. And of course, I love just helping you to see how capable you are. And if you want in on the next round of Panic to Peace, I'll be opening the doors in mid-September. This program runs over the course of 10 weeks, and during the 10 weeks, I show up live every week, and I teach, and we do Q&As, and we have group discussions, and we share wins, and I help you to finally push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears, and I help you to start living the life you want and deserve to live, a life that is absolutely within your reach. So to get on the wait list, simply head to the link in the show notes. Okay, my friend, until next time, keep taking healthy action. And before I end this episode, I want to mention that I'd really appreciate it if you shared this episode or any others with somebody who you feel could benefit from what I share here. You sharing these episodes is what helps me to reach and support others who need it. And if you have an extra minute in your day today, I'd also really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. I read every single review and this too is what helps me to help more people to heal and overcome. All right, until next time, friend, keep taking healthy action. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.